It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app today and join me today at noon as we talk some Reds. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going for something a little bit different here. On today's Locked On Reds, I'm actually going to start off. We're interviewing, we're talking with Alec Johnson, Reds fan down in South Carolina. He's also currently going up against me in the Locked On Reds Fantasy Baseball League. Wanted to talk to him, just kind of hash out his Reds fandom and get his thoughts on where the Reds are this season. We're going to start with that. We're also going to jump into some minor league preview. We're finishing that up today with Doug Gray, and we're also finishing up the week talking about Reds history with KM Miller. That's all on today's podcast. Make sure that you're following the podcast on all the many podcasting providers and follow me on Twitter as well at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. All right, let's jump into my chat with Alec Johnson. All right, for our next segment, we're going to welcome in the guy. I happen to be facing this guy in fantasy baseball this week on the Lockdown Reds Fantasy Baseball League. He joined with us, and he is hailing from the great state of South Carolina. He is Alec Johnson. Alec, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you on. Happy to have you in the league, uh, having some fun. Uh, it's been a, a rough start for my team. I'm hoping that I can get right a little bit this week. We'll see. Um, but I've noticed that you've been doing all right, too. Uh, let's start with this, though. When did you become a Reds fan, and what kind of drew you in? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Iowa, and as you know, in, in Iowa, there's no perfect. Yeah. Teams, but there's six teams all around us with the, the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the Twins, and the Royals. And actually, my dad was a big Red Machine fan growing up, so he got stuck on, on the Reds, and I became a big Ken Griffey fan, and that's really when I started to follow him and really loved the outfield back in the day with uh, Griffey, Dunn, and Kearns, and that was kind of kind of really what got me into Reds baseball. That's awesome, and I... I can uh, get behind that because I was a huge Adam Dunn fan. Still have an Adam Dunn jersey. Uh, worn it to one of the games that I've been to this year that I lost. So I'm trying to find that right combination of jersey and hat. So far, it's it's not worked out at the stadium. But uh, when was the last time you were able to make it up to Great American? 
It's been a few years since I've made it up to Great American. Uh, I saw the Reds five times back in 2019. So I saw them down in Miami and then saw them in Atlanta as well. So a li- little closer to me with me being in South Carolina. Nice. And you can't go wrong living in South Carolina. That's, that's my second favorite state outside of actually my, I don't know. Like, I think I might like it more than Ohio. Just don't tell anybody that lives here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward, hoping to get back up there uh, this year though. Nice. So would you say that Griffey is your favorite player then, or who's your favorite? Griffey is definitely my favorite player. I will say my second favorite red was Pokey Reese. I love the way he and watching him play was, was just great. Pokey was awesome. I, I, I never really cared so much about how he hit. He was just so much fun to watch with his glove, but you know, he still hit too. (laughs) That kind of reminded me, uh, I I was real young when Barry Larkin played, but kind of reminded me of him and just loved watching him play. And then obviously with Griffey, he was, you know, when he got traded from Seattle to Cincinnati, that it was just like, that was awesome. He's probably, I mean, some people could argue, like, depending on who you like, uh, team-wise and stuff like that, but he's really the last transcendent baseball star. Like, as much as people love Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and all this other stuff, they're never, they have not ever been as big as Griffey was. Oh, not at all. And he's, he's he kind of has not on the same level as Jordan's legacy with basketball, but he kind of has that same legacy with baseball. You go, you know, he has the shoes, he has the clothing, you know, people still know who Ken Griffey is and he has that culture icon about him. And he had that video game named after him. I don't, I'm trying to think of another player that, I mean, there's probably somebody, but I'm not coming up with anything right now. <laughs> I remember playing it on Super Nintendo is one of my favorite games. Oh, yeah. Had a buddy down the street who was a big Indians fan that he had the game. So I'd go over to his house and we'd play it and he'd always be the Indians and I'd always be the Reds. And well, when I was a kid, the Indians were a lot better than the Reds. So (laughs) he won more times than not. (laughs) That's right. And I remember, uh, I think Griffey was the only name that they could use in the game, but you you could kind of place who the other players were. And I remember, I think Greg Vaughn was on the Reds at that time in the video game was out love greg vaughn that dude was awesome that one year man so so what would you say is your favorite reds memory oh definitely when jay bruce hit the walk-off homer to um oh yeah what was it september 28th watching that game on tv and i was i was going crazy because it had been been a while since i think it was since 95 or 99 since the reds last made the playoffs and then watching that team and then and then kind of the heartbreak after it, running into the Phillies and Halliday, no hitting, and it, that was that was tough. But yeah, they're really good about giving us these great moments and then taking them away like right, real quick. I know. Some- had, had that series, then then the Giants series after that, it was like, oh. <laughs> Let's talk about this year's team. Where do you think they are? Because obviously they've hit a bit of a rough patch here lately. Uh, hopefully it's something that they can bounce back pretty quickly from, but they went from being six and one to uh, really floundering around 500. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on? Yeah, we, we had a great start. Um, really, really impressed with the offense. I, I knew the offense would come around. I knew that was a, kind of a aberration with last year's 60 game schedule and everything that went on. So I was real confident about the offense pitching kind of had me worried when you lose the Cy Young award winner and don't really replace them. That's, that's tough to get, but um, hopefully as we get into the warmer months, we get, uh, get our pitching, pitching back get the bullpen up and running. I think we can contend in the NL central, just got to keep, keep winning series. As long as we can keep going at least two out of three and in all the series, I think we'll be all right. 
I think so too, man. Alec, man, I, I am down in South Carolina at this moment as well. So I love this state and I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be talking with you as well, man. Thanks for being in the league and uh, looking forward to a, a great year. Hopefully uh, I, I beat you this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully I beat you, but I really appreciate you putting on the league. Uh, really enjoy it and uh, enjoy, enjoy your time in South Carolina. This episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Today's episode of the Lockdown Reds podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. We've got Major League Baseball rolling along. There's also NBA as they near the playoffs. You've got NHL as well. All kinds of great sports are on BetOnline.ag. They even cover award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine can also be found there. BetOnline has you covered. For all the news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website today, BetOnline.ag, or Use your mobile device to sign up and receive 50% as a welcome bonus, 50% more on your initial deposit. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Go there today and enter the promo code Locked On to get that 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked On. The Locked On Podcast Network and the Draft Network's live coverage of the NFL Draft continues tonight. Check out the Locked On NFL YouTube page for live coverage of the draft as it is ongoing tonight through the weekend. All right, we are into our last segment of the minor league season preview. We are talking to Doug Gray, the expert. On all things Reds minor leagues. And we are looking at Daytona today with the Daytona Tortugas in low A. Doug, what do we got? Because we've been talking about a lot of pitching. I got a feeling we're going to be looking at the bats with the Tortugas, even though the bats are in Louisville and Tortugas are in Daytona. But what are we getting from the batter's box here in Daytona? Yeah, I think that if we're going to talk about the offense that has the best potential to put up big time numbers it's going to be the one at daytona which is kind of funny because you know the league that they're playing in is very pitcher friendly but uh <laughs> you know you, you look at this offense and you've got three guys with huge power uh you know you got last year's first round pick austin hendrick um you know infielder reese hines uh you know 
I, I think I'm not I'm not as confident in this one as the other two. Uh, I think that there's a chance that Michael Triana could be in Dayton rather than, Day- than Daytona. But I, I've got him projected for Daytona right now. Uh, and, you know, he's another guy who's got plus plus raw power. Um, I, I think that those three guys could hit a lot of home runs, even in this league. Um, you know, you've got Tyler Callahan, who's going to be at second base. Uh, I, I just I, I think there's a lot of offensive, young offensive potential on this team. So if people needed a reason to go down to Daytona, even more so than the beach, the Tortugas would be, uh, or at least their potential to score runs would be one of them. Oh, definitely. I, I think that, you know, you, you could really go to a, uh, you know, a Tortugas game and, and see quite a few future major league hitters. Um, I, I think that, you know, just, uh, just dreaming about the power potential in, in the middle of that lineup. It's, it, I don't remember a time where the Reds have had the kind of sluggers in the middle of their lineup on, on any team in a very long time in the farm system like this. It's very, it's, it's very exciting from it, from it, just from a pure power standpoint. Uh, we're we're going to have to see how, you know, the, the, those guys can hit for average because there's just, I mean, Tyler Callahan's the only guy that's played more than three games as a professional among that crew before that I mentioned. Uh, and so, you know, you, you don't really know how the rest of the bat's going to play, but you know, the, those guys have some real power, some real thump. I know this is a ways off because he was just drafted last season, but a lot of people have been hearing about Austin Hendrick ever since he was drafted. Uh, how quickly do you think he can move through this system? I, I know that that's, again, that's like crystal ball stuff, and I know that you don't have a crystal ball on your, but if you did have a crystal ball on your desk, what would you think about him? I, I mean, realistically, if, if, we, if we just use the past as kind of a precedent and how the Reds handle things, and, you know, there are different people in charge now than there have been in the past, but right. it does seem that the Reds keep guys in low A out of high school that first year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unless he's Juan Soto, which I just can't imagine that anybody would have that kind of expectation because that's just unrealistic and unfair sure. to, to put on somebody. You know, he's probably going to be in Daytona all year. Uh, and then after that, I, I really do think that it's just up to his performance. Uh, you know, the, the the best, most quickest one that you can think of is Jay Bruce, who, you know, he played at high A, double A, and triple A all in the same year. Um, but again, that was the year that, you know, Jay Bruce, you know, he OPSed over a thousand at each level. Um, you know, again, I, I think that's probably unfair and unrealistic to say. Um, you know, you hear great things about Austin Hendrick. Uh, you know, the way that he approaches the game, you know, he he's reportedly very you know con- conducive to learning doing what his coaches are telling him he has questions he he seems very interested in, in improving his game you know you hear this about a lot of guys so it's, it's not something that you know you just hear about austin hendrick but you know when it is brought up you know it, it's generally because you know the coaches appreciate what he's doing out there so uh you know that's that that, that is something to kind of just keep in mind that you know he is a guy who, who takes this very seriously and that always helps um, but I, I think I'd, I'd say three or four years from now. Um, I mean, that's just and that would get him into the big leagues at 22 years old. Um, and anything sooner than that is, is it's just, you know, that's just icing to go with your cake. That would be amazing. So we, we, we talked a lot about the hitting when it comes to the Tortugas. Is there anyone on the pitching side of things that uh, gets you excited? You know, we did we did talk about the pitching or the hitting, but you know, this is a rotation that you know it could have quite a quite a few good arms. You're gonna have Christian Rowe in there, Bryce Bond, and you know those guys were, uh, you know, just picked up last year in the draft. Um, you know, Evan Kravitz is a guy that I like that's gonna be there. Uh, Miguel Medrano, he he's the guy that the Reds picked up. <laughs> 
it was a couple of years ago now, but he was he was a guy they picked up who was in the Dominican Summer League from the Rangers. You don't really see too many you know trades that involve guys that are that low and that low down in the, in the minor leagues. Um, but he's he's a guy I really like. There's a really young guy that they're they're considering for that rotation, and Jose Franco, who's a guy to keep an eye on too. Um, so you know, for as much as I said I liked that you know the the power in the middle of that lineup, this is, this is a really intriguing rotation too that could get some things done. And something that we haven't really approached yet, but I know that is being employed really more so in the lower levels of the minor leagues are a couple of different things like robot or, or like robot uh, strike zones. And then you have limits on the shifting capabilities. What are your thoughts on the different rules that Major League Baseball is trying out on the lower parts of the minor leagues? Well, Daytona is in a really interesting position because they are in one of those leagues that's going to have the robot strike zone. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Jeff. Their ballpark is the only one in the in the entire league that does not have the technology installed to have that. So all of their home games are going to be called, you know, by you know human umpires, but all of their road games are going to be called by the robot strike zone. I think that's going to be really interesting to follow this year to see how how things work out, not just for the pitchers but for the hitters, um, and and how you know the home and road splits play out. Uh, because you know, I mean, I, I've heard guys talk about you know how that they can design pitches and throw pitches, certain pitches, particularly breaking balls, to really exploit the the automated strike zone. You know, pitches that they're not really hittable pitches, but they'll be able to, you know, catch some part of that three-dimensional strike zone and, and really just take advantage of that. Um, and so that that's going to be something I'm really interested to see, particularly with Daytona, because of, you know, the, the even more weird circumstances that they're playing in versus the rest of that league. I was going to say, when it comes to that robot strike zone, does that begin at the front edge of the plate? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a complete three, like three-dimensional, you know, think of it like, you know, a, a foul pole. Mm-hmm. It just goes all the way up. I mean, at least, you know, to the top of the strike zone. It's not, it's not just a, a window. It's a box or, well, whatever shape the home plate actually is. But you, you understand what I'm saying. It, yes. it, it, it's a three-dimensional thing. Something Tony Starkish or something like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm interested to see how that's all employed. And I, have you heard anybody kind of groan or anybody that likes the idea of limiting the shift capabilities? I think, I think you're going to, you're going to hear different things from different people. Um, you know, some players like it, but I think that every left-handed hitter in the world hates it. Let's just, let's just leave it like that. It is pretty uh, way way more substantial, I think, for lefties than it is for righties. Just because you couldn't put the shortstop out in shallow left field, because then he's got to make like the longest throw ever just to get to first base. Yeah, that is. It's just it's not the same thing. Yeah, the the th- the, th- the throw is too long from short left field compared to short right field. So it, it's just not something that harms right-handed hitters the same way it does left-handed hitters. And unless it's Sean Casey running down the line, you're probably not going to get him. Yeah, but that only applies if he thinks that the shortstop caught the ball on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know, that actually happened to Sean Casey. He had a line drive, and he thought the shortstop caught it, and the left fielder threw him out at first base because he stopped running, and the left fielders came up firing, and before he knew it, he was out at first base. (laughs) I wonder how many former teammates still give him crap for that. That, That's funny. I I hope the answer is all of them. Oh man, Doug, I appreciate you. This week we've we've been looking at the minor league season preview and the fact that we're getting minor league baseball back. And I know that you're very excited for May the 4th and uh, looking forward for all the content that's going to be coming out of RedsMinorLeagues.com. Well, um, I, I'm 
Really, really looking forward to the daily coverage of all the games after, you know, what feels like a decade, but it's apparently only been a year um, of not having minor league baseball. Um, but, you know, hopefully all of these players we've talked about this week give us something really exciting, something to be excited about. Um, I, I know that I'm looking forward to all of the games happening, but I can't imagine what being a player or a coach is like, who they've basically gone 18 months without really having this experience that they've you know, grown accustomed to that they expect is heck it's their job and it's a job that they love. Um, and so, you know, ho- hopefully they take full advantage of that and maybe they can be like the Reds and all get out to a hot start too. I know these are grown men that are going to be playing the game of baseball and there's no crying in baseball, but I firmly expect there's going to be at least a couple tears of joy shed on <laughs> May the 4th. Doug, I appreciate you, sir. And we will talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Jeff. appreciate it all week. I've been telling you guys this for a while, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, I can't keep this stuff in my house between me and my wife and friends coming over, different family members, their grandmothers. Man, this stuff is awesome. Between Cherry Barcia, they've got white chocolate raspberry cheesecake, birthday cake with sprinkles peanut butter chocolate. I mean, all of these flavors are just absolutely fantastic, but they're healthy for you as well. They're low in sugar, low in carbs, and high in protein. You can check out Built Bar today at BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. And really, even when you're looking at this amazing tasting snack, it fits into pretty much any diet. They're low in points on Weight Watchers. They fit into a keto diet. You've really got to check it out today. BuiltBar.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. That's the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. All right, all week long, we've had our buddy Cam Miller on here talking about the history of the Reds. We started at the beginning, and we've made it all the way up to the Big Red Machine era. We're going to take a look at that. I think a lot of people have a pretty strong grasp as to what happened around this time period, because how could you not? We're talking about the best team of all time when it comes to baseball. Yeah. I'm talking about you, Murderer's Row. Looking at right at you, I think the Big Red Machine's better than you all. We, we're going to talk about them, and we're going to lead it up, because obviously, pretty much after 1990, I think we all uh, know exactly what we're talking about, and that's not a lot. We're talking about individual people at that point, but to give us a perspective on all of that is our friend Cam Miller here for one more segment this week. Cam, I appreciate you so much for doing all of this with me here. What When you look at the Big Red Machine, I think I've asked you this before, but what is a perspective that people don't necessarily think about them? I think that if you look at the Big Red Machine and put it into context today, it is something that has never been done, let alone baseball, professional sport, anything. Yeah. You will never ever ever, ever again see a group of individuals that are brought together for a purpose to be the most dominant profession of whatever they are, if it's football, basketball, soccer, tennis, whatever it is, you will never, ever see it was purposely built 
you will never see a purposely built team that was made to dominate. Yeah. What you see now is, oh, we're going to sign a guy in the agency at the all-star break. What Bob Housen and the Reds did in late, in the late sixties was, Hey, let's build a team for the long haul that can dominate long as possible until their bodies not allow them to dominate anymore. And that was exactly what was done. And this was not an easy thing to do. It'll never happen today because of the money situation. So look at these players and you're talking again, not a lot of scouting at this time. Scouts, of course, but those are a dime a dozen. You're going to find a, a diamond in the rough every now and again. They were so precise, exactly what they wanted and who they wanted. It is absolutely still, I, mean, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but they're underrated. <laughs> you have to look at the big picture. A good historical team that's played a lot of years. They played 150 plus years and they've won a couple championships. But the big red machine cements Cincinnati as the greatest baseball town. And it's all because of Bob Housen and the architect and the people around that he surrounded himself with to make the trade, to make Pete Rose move, to, to ask, will you please move? And he does. How many people do that today? There's the unselfishness of it. To say, George Foster, you're not going to get as much playing time. We've got a plan for you. Everybody, Dan Dreesen, absolutely amazing first base in the head of the back seat. Just the way it was put together. I think that's what we have to look at. The way that 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 you let got this guy from Sparky Anderson that nobody knows. That's that's a that's a chance. I mean, he didn't didn't get some baseball guy that uh, you know his do from the days. He got the stars aligned and the big red machine is born. And we still to this day judge every Reds team based upon those nineteen seventies teams. And that is one hell of a benchmark to be. Met, uh, you know, matched up with those guys were at the top of their craft and they all did it together and they all dominated for especially 75 and 76. But you look back and it's just going to be so hard. Like I, I even know the start of this season, the Reds were scoring runs at a ridiculous clip and it was being compared to then. And it's just like, it is so, it, it's almost unfair to compare a team to that that team just as good as they were and then uh, you had the point obviously the 80s were still fun but at the same token it was kind of like looking back at the 70s it's almost like the uh the guy that had to follow the best act ever it's like yeah it's going to be a little bit not so great but what when you look at the 80s what was the first thing that pops into your mind Oh, the A's are great because it's my decade. I mean, I grew up in that <laughs> decade and it's my team. And and even though, and you're absolutely right, how do you follow up that act? It's like, you're not going to. It's like, how do you follow up the, the Beatles go on stage and then you're the second act? And the <laughs> yeah. Beatles are open up. You're, you're, it's not happening. You might as well just fold up the shop. But the 80s, they, they, they tried. They really were like, we're not going away. They're signing players, Eddie Milner's, Cal Daniels, Barry Larkin comes into his zone, uh, Paul O'Neill. You bring back the greatest player in your franchise, Pete Rose, to come back to hand. Now, of course, he's brought back to break the record, and that was the, the reason he was brought back. He was going to break that record in a Cincinnati Red uniform. That hard shot made sure of that, and the rest of the Reds brass. But he was a good manager. He, he was not a terrible, terrible manager. If you just look at the baseball side, he was a good manager. Second place four years in a row, and they, you're talking about like the Dodgers, the Giants, dominating teams of that era, the Astros. Um, this is when they're playing in the NL West. But if I had to just think about uh, a team that really encapsulated the 80s, 1987 team, a team that has Dave Parker, um, should have been an MVP, 
Um, you've got Pete Rose just managing now, so he can kind of put his old bones <laughs> on the bench and just do what he's good at, <laughs> which gives a shot for other players. Uh, but those 80s teams, it wasn't like the Reds said, we're in rebuild mode, because guess what? The terminology rebuilding wasn't around in the 1980s. They absolutely tried to follow up the big red machine. They made, I mean, you're signing Jose Rio to a free agent contract, Dave Parker. Guys weren't cheap back then. They were still in their prime. So they tried to make the moves to make it go back to the big red machine part. Unfortunately, that wasn't going to happen. There was only one big red machine, and the competition around them was pretty good. I mean, you still had Nolan Ryan in the, on the NOS, Mike Scott, the Astros. You had Will Clark. And the Cubs were starting to make some noise with Ryan Sandbergs and the Mark Graces. I mean, there were some really good clubs in the National League 80s. And the Reds, they, were, they competed. I mean, they really did. It was, it, was a, it was a great era of baseball for them. Um, a few down years, of course, you're going to have that. Uh, but it, 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 it's totally set up 1990 perfectly. I mean, if any other thing happens, that 1990 team um, isn't remembered as it is today. But a few moves there in the 80s, that club. I always think of 1990 as, I mean, not necessarily as a roster better than the Big Red Machine by any stretch, but at the same token, I don't know that if a, a team will ever go wire to wire ever again. Right. That's very, very difficult. And if in the one common thing, the common thread through all this that we've been talking about is these teams, they all had a history together. It wasn't a bought team for one year. You look at the the 1961 team, most of those guys were around in the 50s. That's the common thread. If you can build a team, which again, can't do today, that's why they were so successful. That's why that 90 team won, because they all were so familiar. It all gelled. They were all good friends. They all, it, they all you know, uh, came into their own at the right time. Chris Sabo. I mean, that whole team in 1990 was a, a product being the camaraderie of the 1980s. And I think that's a common thread to all of but especially in Cincinnati. Well, Cam, I appreciate you so much. All this week we have been talking about the history of the Reds. And not to say that history stopped at 1990, but I think we all pretty much know what the history of the team has been like since then. It'll be fun to do maybe like a 90s episode one day or something where we just kind of talk about the Reds in the 90s and the different fun characters that there were because there were still plenty of guys there. You had Barry Larkin, you had all those great guys, but at the same token, uh, I want to end it with the 1990 squad. Let's end it on the best case scenario there. Uh, Cam, thank you so much, and I can't wait to have you back. Absolutely. Anytime, Jeff. I appreciate it. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.